0: I don't know about you, but I love this time of year. This is a great time for us to just uh, be reminded of the way things used to be a little bit. It's a great time for us to uh, be reminded of some of the the old stories that were shared when we were younger. I know that for me, um, Christmas was always a great time of year uh, simply because of the fact that there was a sense of unity that maybe didn't always exist outside of that season. People seem to get along and actually often people are more interested even in things like church and being together for things like this. So it is a blessing to have each of you with us. I did miss being in church last Sunday. I know sometimes we um, uh, sometimes we need a little bit of time off and it was nice to uh, just have a day off but man it wasn't really all that nice for us. We had about nine hours with no electricity and after a while, it got rather chilly in our house. So, uh, it is so good to be with you guys this morning to be able to worship. Let me share with you something that happened on November twenty, November eighth, two thousand eight. 2008, a guy named Jim O'Neill, who is sixty-five years of age, was flying alone in his Cessna at fifty-five hundred feet over North Yorkshire, England, when he suddenly was unable to see his controls. Believing that he was just being blinded by the sunlight, O'Neill frantically radioed a mayday alert. Air traffic controllers did their best to guide him to the nearest airfield, but when O'Neill was unable to see even the large runway, the controllers realized that it was not simply a matter of being dazzled by the sun. Thankfully, a military training plane was already in the air nearby, and wing commander Paul Girard, a chief flying instructor, flew within 300 feet of the stricken pilot, and he established radio contact. After reassuring O'Neill, Girard used a series of very carefully chosen words to guide him. Turn left, a little to the right, reduce power, 10% flaps, that kind of thing. The Royal Air Force pilot guided the disabled aircraft down towards an RAF airfield, with O'Neill feeling for and finding the various controls by memory. The Cessna landed halfway down the runway at high speed, bouncing twice and finally stopping at the very end of the runway. At the hospital, doctors discovered that O'Neill had suffered a stroke that had put pressure on his optic nerve, rendering him blind. After medical treatment, most of Jim O'Neill's eyesight returned. The RAF remarked that they are used to shepherding lost airplanes, but this was the only time they had shepherded a blind one. Church, it wasn't until the air traffic controllers realized the extent of O'Neill's blindness, that they were able to help him effectively. Spiritual blindness is an epidemic in our culture today. But Jesus came to give sight to the blind. Without him, we are all flying blind. But God is ready to help us. And he promises to help each of us land safely. God says to the psalmist in Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Well, today's scripture passage tells the story of how Jesus, the good shepherd, originally came to dwell among humanity. In the words of John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So let's take a look at it from the most commonly read version of the Christmas story. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. I will ask you to go ahead and turn to it, but I'm going to warn you ahead of time. Most of you probably have an NIV Bible or something similar to that. When I read the Christmas story, I do it from the King James Version, and it's just because when I was a kid, that was the way I learned it. And What happens now is if I try to read it from the NIV, I will stumble through it all the way until the very end, but this sounds normal to me, so I'm going to be reading this morning beginning in verse 4 of Luke chapter 2, and it says this, and Joseph also went up from Galilee Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger." As you know, last week we were forced to cancel services due to the weather. The sermon title was supposed to be God's Ironic Plan. And while I'm not going to preach the entire sermon to you this morning, I do want you to see a bit of the irony that is within this passage. In fact, my plan was to use the same passage last Sunday, so it's a little bit easier to do that. It begins with a mention of Joseph, and then a little bit later in verse 5, it brings in Mary. As this is her first child, most biblical historians believe that based on the culture and the age that she would have been, she likely would have been no more than a young teenage girl. He is likely older, but not much older. In fact, it's also possible that he himself was not more than an older teen. The point is that these were not experienced parents. Even as one who's been a parent for 18 years, I still don't feel like I have all the answers. Can you remember back to when you first became a parent? Babies don't come with instruction manuals. Can you imagine how helpless Mary and Joseph must have felt? And in their case, they were just learning what married life would be like as well. They haven't even spent time together, really, as a couple. It's not like they've been together for a couple years and now they're deciding on having kids. Another piece of irony is found in verse 4. We're told that they came out of the city of Nazareth. In John chapter 1 verse 43 through 46, we see an interesting encounter in which Philip is talking with Nathanael. Philip is telling Nathanael that I have found the Messiah. I have found the Christ. It is Jesus of Nazareth. Well, in verse 46, Nathanael gives what is likely a common perspective of Nazareth. He asked the question of Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? The rhetorical question reveals that Nazareth was not much of a city at all. Why would God choose a city like that? Historians believe that the population of Nazareth was likely no more than 150 people, and there were apparently other more significant cities within walking distance. I guess in our area, it would be like someone saying, Can anything really good come out of Katichi? Katichi is a real city, but there are other cities close by. Why would God choose to use Katichi? And then there's the fact that Jesus is rejected by his own people in Luke chapter 4. Perhaps this reveals the depraved nature of those who lived in Nazareth. Of course, one of the greatest ironies is found in where Jesus would be born. Not the city of Nazareth. We're talking about in a manger. This is the king of kings. He's not born in a palace or even some nice medical facility. He's not even born in a nice house or a hotel. Instead... He is born in a manger, surrounded by animals and the filth that can come with them. Can you imagine how helpless Mary and Joseph must have felt? What were they thinking? Is a manger really the best that we could do for the Savior of the world? Well, irony and simplicity would become somewhat of a theme as we journey through the Christmas story. Certainly later in the Christmas story, we would be introduced to wise men who sometimes we refer to them as kings, who would come looking for the baby Jesus. But that didn't happen on the night that Jesus would be born. It would not be kings that would show up at this manger scene. Instead, it would be the ordinary it would be shepherds. Verse 7 tells us that there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. We'll talk about their story in just a moment, but I want to talk about these ordinary men for a moment. In their culture, the shepherd was a necessary individual in society. We don't see a lot of shepherds today, but basically if you were going to offer an animal for sacrifice, you needed someone who would tend to that sacrifice day in and day out until it came time for the sacrifice to be offered. Therefore, the shepherd was a very significant person in society but few people would have ever chosen that profession. These were typically men who were tough and they were strong, yet they often lacked significant social interaction. They were the kind of men who could grunt their way through a conversation, much like a caveman or many husbands. (laughs) If you were to see a shepherd on the street, you wouldn't be all that impressed with him. But rather, you would see him as nothing extraordinary. He could probably handle himself, but he wasn't going to draw a crowd of women or even people who were looking for money. He was, by all practical purposes, ordinary. You know, I find it interesting that we often reduce these characters to simply being extras in the story of Christ and his birth. When in reality, these are very important figures of this story. There's a man named Leon Podles. He wrote a book entitled The Church Impotent, The Feminization of Christianity. In it, he suggests that the church has been unintentionally directing their ministry toward women. And that's why men don't feel comfortable in church. George Barna notes that 93% of pastors are men but that the overwhelming majority of those who attend church on a Sunday are females. So churches tend to cater to the largest demographic that they have. One of the ways we do that is by reducing the importance of ordinary men like shepherds. But they were incredibly important. Consider first the fact that these were the ones whom Jesus would be able to relate to most directly. He would refer to himself as the good shepherd. While they would shepherd animals, he would shepherd God's people. And while Jesus certainly cared for all of humanity, he so often found fellowship among the most ordinary of people. We know that later in life, Jesus would have encounters with government officials and religious leaders, but he would spend the majority of his time with people like fishermen and tax collectors, unschooled, ordinary men. There's no doubt that God desires that we be transformed by our encounter with him, but the fact is that God didn't call you because you were extraordinary. Better than other people. He didn't reach into your life because you were smarter or more attractive or more talented than other people. He reached out to you because he saw the real you and he loved what he saw. Those are the shepherds, and that is you and me. The problem is this we see all the rough spots. We just assume that somehow that disqualifies us from serving God and God believing in us. Do you think the shepherds start out as holy individuals who have everything together? No way. They're shepherds. These are guys, they don't even talk to other people outside their group. Sometimes they don't talk to themselves. These are ordinary individuals, imperfect in just as many ways as we are and they are invited into something extraordinary and it would genuinely change everything about them. In their case it begins with an amazing encounter and probably a little bit scary too. They had spent many evenings out in the fields watching their sheep but nothing like this had ever happened to them before. Without all the artificial lighting, the only light that they would have had would have come from the stars in the sky, so it is likely a very dark night, although there is another star that seems to have appeared this particular evening. Then suddenly, a bright light bursts through the darkness. It is an angel with a message specifically for them. Listen to what he says, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now can you imagine the fear that they must have had in spite of being told, fear not. And We're talking about people spilling their coffee everywhere. We're talking about some of the shepherds running and hiding behind rocks. This doesn't happen. Maybe even a couple of them having to change their pants afterwards. This was a scary event for these guys. It's unlikely they've ever seen anything like this before. I don't even like it when my kids jump out in front of me. Can you imagine all of a sudden a bright light in the sky and someone speaking to you, even if they have a good news message? It still would have scared me. As the angel begins to speak, he gives them a great message and after a while they're beginning to comprehend what the angel is saying and just as they begin to grow comfortable with the presence of an angel, they begin to process this message. We're told that suddenly a host of angels appeared and they begin to declare glory to God and the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. All right, it was hard enough with one of you, and all of a sudden I look, and now there's a host of you? I imagine they were relatively scared. Well, this encounter leads to another encounter, one that is far less scary, but it is incredibly beautiful. The angel speaks of a child that is being born in nearby Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. So as the angels depart, something begins to click among these ordinary shepherds. Can you picture the conversation? Um, did, did that really just happen? Did, did I just imagine that? Were those angels? Dude, nobody's ever going to believe this. And then one of them gets this crazy thought. Of all the people in the world, Why? Would God tell us? You I mean, think about it. We're talking about extremes between a king and a shepherd. What about all those other people in between? All these people, they were good people. Some of them go to church on a regular basis. Why would God choose to reveal this incredible story to us? Man, what a unique situation. What an incredible blessing. They can't come up with a good answer as to why them, but they know what they need to do. Our passage says that they came with haste, which basically means they were in a hurry. They wanted to see this thing that was happening. There may still have been some doubt and apprehension, but this was an incredible honor to be able to see such an amazing event. We're told that upon reaching Bethlehem they find the stable where Jesus was born and they worship the God of all creation. Can you imagine even how that encounter must have sounded? They see Joseph standing outside and he's just kind of looking up in the sky trying to process all the things that are going on and they stop him and say hey you're not going to believe this, but we just had the most amazing experience. We're out there tending our sheep and this angel comes up, tells us that there's a baby that's being born in Bethlehem and we're supposed to find this baby somehow, but he's been born in a manger and he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and he's probably still in the barn somewhere. Would you happen to know where a baby might be? I picture Joseph saying, Well, if it happened to you, I guess I may as well tell you, I've seen the baby. It's mine. And they go inside and they see this newborn Christ. You know, as I reflect on the story of Jesus' birth and the opportunity which arose for the shepherds, the thought arises in my mind. Did you know that God is still inviting ordinary people to come? and meet the Christ child. In this invitation, it is still an honor and a privilege, just as it was for the shepherds. In fact, I would suggest that it is the greatest privilege that any of us will ever have. In their case, it would change everything about them. Sure, they were still shepherds when they left that place, but they were not the same shepherds that had gone into work that night. Our passage tells us that they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. They went back to tending their sheep. But as they did so, they celebrated what had taken place. Probably amongst themselves, they celebrated they rejoiced. And when they came across anybody else who would listen, they proclaimed what they had seen. Can you imagine you have this incredible encounter with an angel who appears and tells you what you're going to find in this place. And then you go to this place and you see it and you realize I was just invited into a personal encounter with the God of all creation. Could you really keep quiet about it? No way. I'm going to want to tell everybody that I can find. Well, that's basically what these guys do. Know that regardless of who you've been or how ordinary you feel, God is inviting you this Christmas to come and experience Christ. He's not calling you to be perfect or to go get your life in order and then come see him. Notice there was never an address like that to the shepherds. This is good news for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This is not, hey, go get cleaned up, make sure that everything's right between you and the Lord first, and then you can come to Jesus. As soon as the angels departed, they said unto themselves, let us go and see this thing that has taken place. Sometimes I think God is calling out to us. We've got all kinds of reasons why we're not really ready to respond to his calling. I got to fix some things first. I got to make some things right. I got to find forgiveness. Jesus simply says, Come. In all of your brokenness, in all of the ordinary simplicity of life, God looks upon you and He says, I invite you to come and experience me. I will tell you that you will never receive a more important invitation than this. I will warn you, there is a good probability that an experience like this will likely lead to change in your life, but it's not a change that should lead to fear. The shepherds walked away not in disappointment or fear over what might be next, They returned glorifying and praising God. It was a moment of celebration for God had reached out to them and he had offered them the forgiveness that he alone could grant. The king of kings had come and invited them into relationship with him. Know today that God desires the same thing for you. Every individual in this room, God invites us into a right relationship with him. You don't have to make yourself perfect, but you do have to respond. You see, it would have been a great story for the shepherds to be able to tell their kids one day, man, one night we were out in the field and this angel came and started talking to us. It was really cool. We went to bed that night, almost amazed at what he had just told us about. Actually, that would be the dumbest story in the world. You mean to tell me that you heard that the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of the earth was coming and you didn't get up and go see this event that was taking place? It may sound really dumb, but the invitation has been extended to our world and many even who attend church on a regular basis to come and meet Christ himself. For many of us, we think that's a really cool invitation, but we never truly respond by getting up and going. My invitation to you today is for you to respond to God's invitation. My guess is that most people in here have already made a decision to stand up and follow Christ, but my other side of that guess is there are probably those who have not christmas is a great time the greatest celebration takes place when an individual responds to that invitation and i want to invite you today to respond to god's invitation maybe you're not special well maybe you weren't special until God reached into your ordinary life and he said, I chose you. Will you respond to that invitation today? Everyone would stand and bow your heads. Father, as we come before you, we are grateful for your grace and your love and the invitation that was given to these common, ordinary shepherds. Thank you that You didn't just choose those who are smarter, stronger, those who seem to have everything perfect in their lives already, but rather you reached into the lives of ordinary people and you gave them the opportunity to experience something extraordinary. But as we come before you, we ask right now that you would do something extraordinary in us. We thank you for inviting us into your presence. I pray that in this moment that there would be those who would come before you recognizing their imperfections. Yet realizing that they need you more than anything else. Much like the shepherds. Perhaps there's someone in here today that would say, I am not a follower of Christ. I've not responded to the invitation that he gives, but today, in this moment, I want to be like the shepherds. I want to respond. I want to follow Christ. Is that, if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to be able to pray specifically for you. Father, as we come before you today, we are grateful for the invitation. I pray that each person in this room will have responded to that invitation. Would help us to realize exactly how great this is. We now can come boldly before your throne. What a privilege it is for us. I pray that you would help us as we come before you. To truly worship and to celebrate a lot of junk that goes on in our lives a lot of things that sometimes can weigh us down would help us to be like the shepherds who simply returned glorifying God and praising you Lord may you be honored as we worship you and live for you from this moment forward in Christ's name we pray amen I do thank you for being a part of the service this morning I think I went two minutes over so I apologize Uh, but it is a blessing to have you with us Go in peace. Come back next week. Remember, next week for the first service, we will have the Christmas musical. Second service, they'll be preaching and all that stuff. Come back next week. We would love to have you with us again. Thank you.